Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Taylor Raglan and Brian Murphy. And gentlemen, we are reaching that time of the summer where there just really isn't anything going on right now. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, this week is when uh, State 7-on-7 seven seven takes place. So once that concludes, then I guess for us next month, we'll kind of shift our coverage to more kind of club sports-centric mm-hmm. stuff. But in the meantime, as far as the podcast goes, um, you know, one thing that we've done for the last uh, several years just is a, uh, as a nice little precursor to the upcoming school year is our uh, our ongoing summer question series. Our all-too-comprehensive uh, question series where we go, I mean, how deep is this? What, 50, 55, 60, 66 questions? Something, something like crazy that. like that. As many different angles to attack these districts as, uh, as you could conceivably think of. And, um, yeah, just uh, going to take a couple questions that we've uh, been rolling out from that and just uh, bring them to the open air because, you know, it's the newspaper. There's only a finite amount of space in the newspaper that we can and, uh, discuss these things so um let's uh, yeah let's take a couple questions and just see where uh, where the discussion goes um we'll do two questions you know one in the first half one in the second half see what we can do with that um i, I like this question every uh, every year when we uh, when we ponder this question is because it's one of those things that uh just as far as the cyclical nature of high school mm-hmm. sports you know it's always a, it's fun to see which teams you know are able to bounce back and whatnot so the question is which teams that miss the playoffs last school year 2018-2019 will make the playoffs in the upcoming school year so fire off a team guys who do you see for having who do you foresee having a, a big bounce back year none of them oh <laughs> well, that's no fun for me man i don't know 96a is hard to do this for because you know all the teams are so good and there's so much parity in so many sports that it seems like well you Those know, are the ones that were, I think, though. Yeah, yeah. Any of them yeah, could. That's where, like, I mean, you're, you probably get the most turnover yeah. in districts like that. But I guess my my nine six eight team and, and I guess my Plano team would be um, Plano East softball. You know, it, it's hard to imagine a program like that that's so, you know, it's a perennial contender. They seem to be good every year. And the way they've missed the playoffs the last two seasons, you know, by a game um, without a play-in game two years ago, and then this year obviously lost the play-in game to McKinney Boyd and Kenzie Cackley. Uh, you know, no shame in that. Um, but I think that's just a program, regardless of turnover. They definitely lose you know, um, some some big time pieces. They lose Ronnie Ramos. Um, they lose Nicole High. Oh yeah. You know they they lose some pieces that are going to be hard to replace. But they also bring back Carson Armijo. They bring back a lot of talent. Um, you know, elsewhere, Amari Kennedy really I think had a, a pretty good season at the top of the order. Mm-hmm. Started hitting left handed and and you know was was kind of a spark plug up there. They bring back. Um, so we started hitting left handed. Started hitting wow. left handed before she hit mm-hmm. the entire 
high school season left-handed, I believe, but had to learn between high school seasons. She's just so fast. Okay. And, you know, if, if you're athletic enough to wear, and softball is one of those sports, if you can just teach them to get the bat on the ball Whatever. from that side of the plate, it, it's it's crazy. What do you need talent to be able to make a I know, like it's, that? Yeah, I can't even it, imagine, it, like, hey, Matt, shoot a basketball left-handed Yeah, next figure year. this out. But, I mean, she is just so fast that, you know, it, it, it was worth it. And if she can just put the ball in play, she's on you know who knows some crazy percentage of the time but you know it's just one of those things where like i said that program's too good you're you're in and you're out to imagine them missing the playoffs three years in a row and i think just the landscape of 96a softball is going to change a lot you know west and tatum boyne aren't going to be this powerhouse at the top of the district anymore there's really no team that stands out to me as okay here's your district champion like that doesn't exist really i mean there's going to be some teams that are that are usually good west i think will be fine you know they lose tatum boyd arguably the best player in program history but i think there's some room for parity there i think that it's going to be a battle i think it's going to be tight and i think that you know like i said east is just one of those programs where it's hard to imagine them continuing to miss the postseason so who if, knows? if you just play the odds to a team that is you know finish what fifth i guess these past two years yeah, and it's come like, so close right. eventually the other shoe's going to drop and just the uh, things will even out and you know and that'll be enough for them to finally get over the hump because yeah that's it just feels like yesterday that team was making a run to the you know deep yep. in the regional tournament and giving Keller a good series and yeah it's just been a weird twist of fate for, uh, for Plano East softball um, Brian where did you land on this what was one team that sprung to mind for you so Two years ago, Frisco Centennial Boys Soccer. You know, they they win the district. You know, they, you know, that same year that Wakeland finished fourth mm-hmm. when they went on to win the state. And you know, Centennial went on to play against Wakeland in that third round game. Awesome game, Centennial. You know, they brought back a lot of guys. Yeah, they lost you know, a couple key key players there, but they brought back most of that team. You know, Ethan Unger, and Nick Wainzer. Uh, the list is on and on and on. And they don't make the playoffs this year. And that, that, that says a lot uh, about soccer in Frisco. You know, they finished fifth. They only lost two district games. They only lost two district games, but the fact that they tied five really killed them. You know, you win 11 games in district, you think you're going to make the playoffs. You know, albeit they play 18 games in that district. Uh, but the fact that Centennial, some people even told me, Centennial might still be the best team in the district. And they, they got fifth. They got fifth in the playoffs, or in, in, in the standings and missed the playoffs. And... You know, you had teams like Heritage and Frisco surge ahead, and I, I, I just think they, they come back, uh, you know, to, to a little bit of dominance mm-hmm. uh, next year. I think they'll be up there, uh, you know, par with, with Wakeland. Uh, they return uh, uh, Nick Wainzer, who's midfield player of the year, who I think is a heavy candidate, uh, along with guys like Todd Fuller and some of those Wakeland guys for, you know, MVP next mm-hmm. year. Uh, Centennial, you know, it was, a, it was a rare thing, one-time thing. I think they'll... They'll be right back in the mix, you know, competing not just for a playoff spot, but for a district title next year. Uh, you know, Taylor, you mentioned Plano East, and I was thinking with uh, with Plano Senior, they um they only made the playoffs in three of the eight standings mm-hmm. based sports last it's a year. A weird year, man. Yeah, three for I mean the, the for the state's fourth largest high school. I think that there's a couple teams. I mean, there are a couple teams that finish right outside mm-hmm. that I think that you know these stars could line for a couple bounce back years for um the uh, the football team and the boys soccer team at, uh, at Plano Senior. The boys soccer team, man, this was a a, a weird a weird year. You talk, I mean, just you talk about just an abnormal, just a you know confluence of events. I mean, Plano Senior Boys Soccer had 23 points yeah. in district play. Yep. That would have been enough to place third in their district the year before. 
it was fifth of this year. And yep. It went right down to the uh, you know the last. They were basically two minutes away from making the playoffs. You know, and uh, if they had, uh, it was a game against McKinney Boyd, and they were in their penultimate game of the season. They uh, if they just draw, if they just mm-hmm. you know, got a tie there, then that would have been enough to make the playoffs. They gave up a goal with two minutes left, and uh, and that ultimately was what kept them out in the very end. And you know they're gonna they're gonna bring back the heavy majority of that roster next year. And I mean I don't know, just you get that kind of continuity and as yep. good a year as they had. I mean I, I can't foresee that if they basically if they play as well as they mm-hmm. did this year next year that'll be enough to get into the playoffs I think for sure. And then with the football team, like we almost ran into this doomsday scenario a couple of years ago. There's no way that all three Plano ISD schools could miss the playoffs in football, is yeah. there? Uh, man, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no, it just everything with Plano senior. I mean, I think they're the clear favorite as far as the best PISD program across the board yeah. next year. I think East takes a step back in a lot of places. West takes a step back in a lot of places. Not that those schools can't, you know, be good and come out of nowhere. I don't but know if yeah, East takes a step back. That would be. Yeah. <laughs> it might stay. It might stay on level ground. Yeah. It would be odd if they took a step back after being zero and twenty-six. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean across the board, yeah. not just in football. I mean, I mean, you know, in general, because the volleyball team will make the play the postseason again. Yeah. But outside of that, softball is up in the air. You know, they made the postseason this year. Outside of that, in the individual sports, I mean, it could be a weird, a weird year for PISD again. You know, following a down year this year, but I think senior, like you said, is mm-hmm. is set up for you know some redemption in, in a couple areas. And then um, you look at a program like uh, like Allen Volleyball, which had a uh, just again just everything like you talk about just an injury bug that just mm-hmm. hit a team in just the worst way possible last year. Um, you know that was a program. I went to check like the last time that Allen Volleyball missed the playoffs in consecutive years. You have to go back to 1992. Last time that happened, so um, the odds definitely favor a bounce back year for the Lady Eagles. It was a young team that, again, all of their senior leadership was just hamstrung by injuries. Um, just a, again, the kind of year where anything that could have gone wrong mm-hmm. did go wrong. They're, I mean, you assume that a lot of that youth is going to become, you know, a bit more battle tested this coming season. A lot of those girls were thrown into the uh, into the fire of a district where let's uh, let's be real, you could not afford to be a team of of freshmen and sophomores in a, you know with with some of the heavy hitters that nine six a volleyball had. Um, um, now, to be fair, as I kind of survey the landscape of that volleyball district, I'm not entirely sure who's gonna yeah. who's gonna miss the playoffs yeah. because yeah. I mean you expect West and Prosper are still gonna be really good. Um, you know, Plano's yet to miss the playoffs under uh, under head coach Terry Menace. and I recall uh, I think McKinney does lose a, a few of their better players, but there's still gonna be plenty of talent coming back there. And Boyd was right on the cusp last and year. And wasn't McKinney so. a super surprise? Like even Kendrick didn't expect that coming. You know, with them the hot start that they had, then they start like six and. Two, and their only losses came to Prosper, uh, like the, through the first half of district play, and we were like, "Man, what the heck, McKinney? Why are they in the mix?" And so I guess that's you know that hurt Allen's chances. Yeah. Also, that you have a team surge like that, you you got to expect McKinney won't do what they did last I mean, year. Right? I don't know. Who knows, There's still man. a lot of talent there. That's yeah. That district's it's, really good. I mean, that's yeah. that's probably. I mean, you can look at football and and Allen being in that district and and some other sports, but top to bottom, that volleyball district is maybe nine six eight best. I think. I mean, it's it's crazy. And then, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just another aspect as far as looking at, you know, the trends that might lead to potential bounce-back years is when you have a team that made the playoffs for a really long time and then has the the one down year and just the odds that they get back on track. And you look at programs like the Flower Mound Girls basketball mm-hmm. team and the Rowlett Boys basketball team, you know, the Flower Mound Girls had made the playoffs for six straight years prior to missing out last year. And then the Rowlett Boys had made the playoffs seven straight years before missing out last season. And those teams bring back a 
a, a ton of talent. Um, you know, with the uh, the Flyer Mountain girls, they only really lost, you know, two key contributors. They returned players like Mackenzie Schott, Kayla Wallace, Sarah Edmondson, and then that Rowlett boys basketball team had a massive junior class. Um, mm-hmm. So they've, uh, they'll have the majority of their rotation back. You wonder how that district's going to look, period, with, you know, with South Garland losing its, you know, its star power. Yeah. Um, and so, head coach. Yeah, and head coach. So there's a, uh, there's definitely a, a potential playoff spot right there that should be ripe for the picking for uh, for Rowlett. And then ditto with, uh, you know, with Flyer Mound and 6-6-A. I know that's one of those districts where you have to factor in. I mean, Irving MacArthur's going to be loaded next year with Sarah Henders and Hannah Gusters. And then, um, you know, you factor in with Louisville and Heber and the strides that they took. Um, you know, there could be uh, a spot there between, I believe it was it was either Capella or Marcus that took it last year, but, you know, Flyer Mound could be positioned to, uh, to seize that last playoff spot, I think. Um, were there any others that you guys wanted to throw out there as far as teams that you foresee uh, making the playoffs? I guess we can mention year? Lake Dallas. Uh, there's one program, I think, at Lake Dallas that, that qualifies for this, and that's the girls' soccer team. You mentioned, um, you know, Allen Volleyball and, and kind of the injury bug. Lake Dallas had a similar experience, had a lot of girls. Um, even if they weren't out for extended periods of time, they were kind of, you know, hamstrung and, and taken back a step by injuries and, and that sort of thing. And I believe they, they literally missed out on the postseason by one game uh, underneath Denton. Uh, they bring back Karina DePauli, uh, Sydney Frazier in goal. They bring back, I mean, those are their two leaders. Those mm-hmm. are their two, you know, obviously Sydney Frazier started two seasons now in goal and, and Karina DePauli is, is their unquestioned best scorer um, and probably most talented uh, athletes so, you know, they bring them back. Um, you know, that district didn't particularly impress me outside of, you know, Little Elm, mm-hmm. who I think will continue yeah. to be good. But yeah. underneath them, it's kind of in flux. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Lake Dallas um, gets back in the postseason next year. Addie Beesing, you know, back on the team, really good athlete. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they got some athletes, and if they can stay healthy, I, I could easily see them getting, you know, probably third or fourth, maybe as high as second underneath. I mean, who knows? But I think they uh, they have a pretty good shot. Sticking with 8-5-A, um, that volleyball district last year really wasn't that good. <laughs> if you think about it, it was you think? Really, it was really top heavy, and then there was just a bunch of losing records. Teams with losing records make the playoffs, and, and you know, Little Elm had a down year. You know, they are, had to try to figure out how to replace Carrington Jones from two years ago, won district MVP, uh, you know, all that stuff. You know, they had just such a young roster. Most of their star players were sophomores, mm-hmm. or uh, sophomores and juniors, I should say. The big senior class now this year. They were thrown into that fire. Yeah, they were two and ten. This is a different year. This is second year uh, under under uh, Amber Hughes, and you know what? I think or third year, I should say. And, and I think last year was just a bit of you know having to deal with a little bit of growing pains. Kind of not not used to you know they relied a lot on Carrington Jones. Now it's like hey, we have this strong cast of of, of senior supporters. They only lose really you know Habby, uh, their center Habby uh, Vaglienti. Uh, sorry if I butchered your name, Habby, but um, <laughs> mm. but. She was our senior center last year. And they returned pretty much everyone else. Yeah. And, and I think, especially if that district is going to be, you know, from three to seven, is going to be similar. You know, with teams hovering around that five hundred, that five hundred line. Um, you know, I think Little Elm could could snag a couple more wins like they did last year against. You know, they beat the Colony last year. Mm-hmm. They they gave teams like Lake Dallas a good run for their money. It's not like they were just getting destroyed. So I think they could maybe sneak in there in the conversation for three or four seed. Awesome. I guess uh, then we got one more question on the uh, on the docket, and um, yeah, we'll take a quick break. Word from the sponsor and pick it up in just a moment. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now let's get back to the podcast. 
All right, let's continue to discuss another entry from our, uh, our ongoing summer question series. This question, which sport, regardless of district, in 2019-20 is likely to produce the biggest difference in results from 2018-19? You know, high school sports are cyclical, so what you see one year, that's one of the beautiful parts of this job, is what you see one year does not necessarily mean that's going to be the case the following year. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, a lot of these districts they're going to have some pretty uh, significant mm -hmm. turnover from last year so let's uh where do we kind of land on this let's just throw out a uh a nine six well, we had some nine six eight yeah, discussion that sure. was a uh, very back and forth a bunch of potential candidates mm -hmm. you look at you know you look at girls basketball you mentioned softball earlier on the podcast mm -hmm. um i think it's a case though that football could be uh just all sorts of just in flux as far as yeah. what to expect and i think even at this juncture you know with spring football in the past we've already you know been you know talking up the coaches trying to see at least get a gauge on what these teams might have and I mean we're in you know it's it's about to be July and we still don't have much of a clue as to what this district's going to hold. Yeah I mean you mentioned girls basketball you look at I think that's uncertain in a different way just because you lose so much top end talent mm -hmm. and all those McDonald's All-Americans and nominees and everything but football just in general man everybody is just one big question mark right now even Allen even, yes I mean Allen, Allen is Allen but at the same time like they they roll over more than they probably have in who knows how many years it's and, been a while and since they've had this they're probably going to win the district they're Allen who, but, who returns their quarterback which teams uh, Plano West but it, and yeah and that's it and they may not even start the same quarterback because it's a you know brand new mm -hmm. head coach yeah. and Tyler Sokup and and a brand new competition so we could see Every Seven single team, brand yeah. new quarterbacks. Yeah, potentially every single team, and and you say brand new. Some of them have been in the program at least. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Like, but, but like Allen's going to roll out real and sharp, who saw probably yeah. more time than yeah. any backup quarterback in the state yeah. last year. So that's technically new, and there's some other situations yeah, yeah. like that. Even at West, if they go with say Will Cannon starts over Danny Davis the majority of the time, it's not like he didn't play last year. But yeah, pretty much every team in the district will look completely different under center mm -hmm. and and completely different in a ton of ways and that's kind of the the crazy part there's really no plan for how this is going to shake out how this is going to roll over because some districts you look at and be like it's going to be really different but i bet i can predict how it's going to be different and i'm sure we'll you know get to some of those but as far as nine six eight football it's just like it's one big question mark, and I think it'll continue to be until we actually see some of this play out. And just, I mean, stylistically, you think that how different a program, like like a team like Plano East, is going to mm -hmm. look last year. You know, East, which yep. had one of the most you know prolific passing offenses in the area last season. I mean, they're going to be much more of a run-based offense yep. centered around Trey Jones Scott. Um, you know, Allen has. I mean, you had Grant Tisdale, who was one of the most efficient passers in the state last year, and just an absolute wrecking ball whenever he decided mm -hmm. to you know tuck the ball and uh, and run. But then you have Raylan Sharp, who brings more speed to that position than any quarterback that Allen's had since Kyler Murray mm -hmm. and just the different things that you can do with that I mean their offense is going to look much different um, how Plano looks without uh, without a player like Kyron Cumbie there who mm -hmm. is just I mean the uh, the absolute home run threat of home run threats in that district and just all that he brought to the backfield and the receiving game now they do have a guy in Tylen Hines who yeah. sounds like he might be able to yep. approximate some mm -hmm. of that but I mean without Kyron Cumbie I mean that's one of the most versatile skill mm -hmm. players that Plano has ever had and without that you have to imagine that it's going to be a bit of a different look in what, some cases. What was that stat? on Kyron Cumbie that you had? Oh, that he averaged eight and a half yards yeah. per carry for his career? Yeah. Way like, more than Rex Burkhead. Just two and a half yards yeah. more than Burkhead or Brandon Stevens. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> tough to replace. That is really tough I to mean, replace. I mean, even even Plano West, though, is going to look completely different. I'm not saying the results are going to mm -hmm. be there, but, you know, from day one, Coach Sugup has come in and said, we're going to throw the football. They could not throw the football last year. It's just a fact. They mm -hmm. did not throw the football well 
pretty much in any game. Uh, they had like next to no success, but they bring back athletes. Tavares Garland is a big kid. He's like six three, six four, athletic. You know, they they have some guys with you know with talent under center throwing the ball if they can get them to. You know, just just figure out something. So even West is going to look not like I said. I'm not saying that they're going to go from 0 and 10 to even 500. It's not going to happen in one year. But stylistically, in the way that they approach trying to win football games, even they're going to be completely different. I mean, every team in the district is going to look significantly different. It's a case where you could wind up with potentially three brand new playoff oh, yeah. teams. I wouldn't shock me at all. Like, no matter what kind of like how uncertain Allen is, like it would just be the most stunning development of developments if Allen somehow missed the playoffs in that district. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. No. Um, you mentioned 96A girls basketball, and while, like you said, it's it's going to be different, but in a different yeah. way than, than football, because, I mean, yeah, there's no way to get around the fact that not having three McDonald's <laughs> All-Americans in that district is going to uh, cause a, a drastic change in identity for uh, at least three of those programs, um, you know, with what, you know, Nia Green brought to Allen, Jordan mm-hmm. Oliver to Prosper, Jade Nolan Soplano West. I mean, three players and that were just the alpha and omega of their uh, That's not their even mentioning. Tabby Diggs either. Oh, yeah, was yeah. nominated for that game, didn't go play in it, but you know, the same kind of player for Point of Lease and going to TCU and that was the you know, arguably the fourth best player in the district. And maybe the fifth behind Jordan Mayer. Yeah. I mean who like I mean that's how good yeah. that district was. probably gonna be playing in that game. Yeah. Oh absolutely, <laughs> that's what I mean. So I mean that's it's that district was insane. You like, can't take away that much talent and have it look anything close to what it was. But like a team like Prosper, Brian. I mean, you've seen Prosper a bunch over the years, and just with how much uh, Oliver, how much revolved around Oliver in that program. I mean, there's still going to be talent, and like, and this is kind of the the verdict that I arrive at. Like, teams like Allen, Prosper, East, like they're going to lose really significant mm-hmm. players, but there's still enough there to where I don't know if ultimately this like ultimately the playoff teams might still be the same. It just might be in a different order, or right. just the uh, the way in which the season materializes. The you know the the gap might close shrink a bit from that upper tier to the rest of the district. But um, yeah, a team like Prosper, though, where do you kind of foresee them going now in the post Jordan Oliver era? Case Coach Rochelle's watching this. I don't want to don't want to hurt his feelings, but the, you know they won't make the regional tournament without without Oliver this year. They're going to be a playoff team. They just won't make the fifth round. You know, Oliver was that good. I'm not saying they solely relied on her, but when you have a player of that caliber, of course you're going to say, hey, take over the reins. You know, I saw her score eight straight points in the fourth quarter against Allen yeah. you know, in that epic game, you know, late in the season. But they still return a lot of time. Oh, yeah. That's what I've said. I don't Matt, think they're going to. Maddie Cleary yeah. is one of the best shooters, not just female or male. She was one of the best shooters I saw in mm-hmm. high school, period. That girl could light it up. Um, there's, you know, Hadley Morell, freshman. She played significant minutes. She oh, was yeah. a defensive stopper. Uh, I believe a younger sister of Easton Morell, the star baseball player from a few years ago, um, as well. Uh, Scout Huffman. Mm-hmm. Um, better post players in that district. Is, yep. Seriously, you know, she, she's she got a lot of size there, especially what you need in, in the post there in, in high school basketball. They have some returning players. They won't have that superstar firepower, but they have mm-hmm. a good supporting cast, you know, that they'll – they're going to they're gonna have to step up. They're going to have to play bigger roles. And I mentioned that a little bit earlier uh, this earlier this week in our uh, athlete series. Uh, but I, I expect players like Mad- Maddie Cleary, she's going to get more shots. She averaged a little over 11 points per game last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see that number bumping up a little bit, uh, maybe close to 15, 16. So, I, you know, I don't expect Prosper to dip too much. But a trip to the regional tournament, uh, I'm not so sure. But yeah, kind of the same thing with Allen. Like that's yeah. the, th- the problem is that you just you lose a player that could just if you ever needed a bucket, yeah. and, and they just ba- made it look so easy and effortless. If you have that one player, 
Oh, yeah. You know, you can go so far. And if you have, obviously, you see it in the NBA. Obviously, I'm not comparing high school to NBA, but basketball is, is more simple. You know, you only have five people on the court. Absolutely. You have that superstar, boom. Where you're you're already an elite state contender, you know, but and you, you could say that it's even more true at the high school level, just because if you get a blue chip yeah. top flight prospect, that the talent level Dominate just from a player like more, that is, yeah. yeah, it's just it stands out so much more at the high yeah. school level than it does at the pros, where everybody is amazing. Yeah, um, but yeah, you look at a team like like Allen, which I mean, yeah, I mean, how many more, how many easier buckets were there than just putting the ball <laughs> in Nia Green's hands and just letting her, you know, cook with her, with her, uh, you know, her mid range jumper game and whatnot. The few but, times I saw her play, she would shoot Kobe fadeaways, oh, yeah. long two-pointers <laughs> that are not necessarily high-percentage shots. And she'd take the shot, and I'm like, girl, what are you doing? And it would go in, I'm like, well, hey, it's not green. I mean, it's, you do what you do. Yeah, some players are just good at making yeah. those shots. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but, but I mean, I think I, know, I think Allen's still positioned to be pretty good. I mean, they still do bring back a lot from that team that did go to the state semifinals last year. You know, Tyler Jackson, Zoe McCrary, some of their younger players like Alyssa Tarpley, um, Alicia Mills. I mean, there's there's still plenty there for them to uh, to still work. And I mean, I uh, but who knows how that'll you know how that'll compare to a team like Plano, which bring is one of the teams that brings back its superstar. And you know, with Jordan Merritt and Maggie Robbins and that team that you know went three rounds deep. And you know, granted they do lose Zaria Collins and that's pretty big from a defensive standpoint plus on plus uh, rebounding but you know they're still pretty well positioned it's just a district that's like the teams are still going to be good just because a lot of these teams are still deep but not mm-hmm. having that just surefire bulletproof go-to score like that's just going to make things a little bit harder on these teams as far as generating offense would y'all say Plano is the early favorite if you just simply put on just best player, best team, and whatnot, and yeah, I mean, just having Jordan Merritt, who's going to be up for you know a McDonald's All American spot next year, most likely, um, you know, yeah, they'll still be you know pretty solid, you would think. Um, what about a eight five A boys basketball? <laughs> we talk about a district that could have Man. a completely different look to it from last year, um, as far as star power went. Basically, what the, like the nine six A girls basketball equivalent on the boys Seriously, side was eight yeah. five A because I mean, yeah, I mean, you covered this district, Brian. Where do you even begin with all the star power this district had last year that's not there this year? So you lo- so look at Northwest. The district champion, yeah. they went the furthest. Avery Anderson, he's off to Oklahoma State. No more Sandy Freeman, no more six foot ten post player to, to rely on. They still they bring back Julian Smith. I remember him being mm-hmm. one of their one of their key guys from the few times I saw them play. Uh, but they also lose another guard named Kevin Cash, I believe. He was a big time uh, point guard for them mm-hmm. alongside Avery Anderson. You gotta think Northwest takes a step back you know you don't have that superstar like we just mentioned um the colony you know they lose a good amount of uh, of their starters as well bryce yeah. okpo who just emerged as a beast this year i don't remember what superlative he got but he was a you know he he would have been an, an mvp candidate in a lot of other districts that don't have avery anderson and, and rj <laughs> yeah. hampton uh you know their starting point guard luis rodriguez and you know they they return a couple guys i'm not too familiar with with uh the rest of the colony's roster justin isn't here to tell me out with that but you know, they lose some big guys. Mm-hmm. And then we I haven't even mentioned Little Elm. You know, uh, the obvious is R.J. Hampton. But you lose, off the top of my head, they lose four of their five starters yeah. in the starting lineup. Dre Rose, Will Harris, Brandon Crossley, who are all football studs. They're all going to go play uh, college football somewhere. Um, and that's not even mentioning Trey White, who mm-hmm. was expected to be yes. the heir apparent yep. to R.J. Yes. Hey, don't get me started. If Trey White was there in the playoffs, I think they could have beaten Timberview. Mm-hmm. You know, they only lost by six. Yeah. But that's a, de- that's a different debate. That's a different debate. So you, 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 could be, you could have been looking at a team with R.J. Hinton in his quote-unquote senior year next year and Trey White as a sophomore who already committed to Kansas. Now you have 
you're going to have this entirely new look in the starting lineup at Little Elm. You have a new head coach in Dominique Parker. Yeah. How, what, how are they going to look? What are they going to do? Oh, yeah. You know, the Northwest, the Colony, Little Elm, I don't know. Uh, that leaves, you know, we, we talked a little bit earlier, a team like Denton Broswell, who has a lot of young talent, mm-hmm. finished fourth in that district. They had a lot of close games with teams like the Colony, with Little Elm. Northwest as well. I, I have no idea. If you if I had to predict how that district's going to go, I could not even tell you that. Little Elm could miss the playoffs. Northwest could miss the playoffs. The Colony, I don't know. It, it, it's it's mind blowing how crazy that crazy different that district could look next year. And then Braswell only lost eight games last year, despite finishing fourth in that district. So two games in in, in non district play, they yeah. absolutely dominated their uh, their preseason schedule. And yeah, I'm guessing those six losses all came to those aforementioned mm-hmm. three teams above them in the standings. And yeah, with them all presumably taking a step back. Yeah, Braswell team that uh, Braswell even beat Little Elm when they didn't have R.J. Hampton. Okay, because R.J. Hampton missed a couple games with a groin injury and that was one of Little Elm's rare losses. Mm-hmm. It was to that didn't Roswell team. So they're no joke. Yeah, they got a lot of a lot of sophomores, a lot of juniors on the team mm-hmm. last year and yeah, they should be primed to take a big step forward in the wake of these other teams losing some pretty key pieces. Um, let's see, one other district I kind of alluded to this earlier, like I think 10-6A boys basketball could have a very different look to it just because I mean again, like like we mentioned with just these superstar prospects and like Tyrese Maxey was yeah. I mean that's the best player to ever pass through South Garland. Chris Harris is probably the second best player to ever pass through South Garland. And they leave at the same time. And then they lose their head coach. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, what? I mean, so and it's not like that's, you know, South Garland, you know, with all due respect to just what they've accomplished in these past four years during the Maxie Harris era, mm-hmm. you know, before, uh, you know, prior to this four-year run, they had only gotten out of the, the last time they had gotten out of the first round of the playoffs was 2008. You know, so it's not a program that has a really entrenched, you know, uh, you know, run of playoff success. So, I mean, they're obviously going to take a step back significant enough to where they fall out of the playoff picture altogether. Who knows? That could be where a team like Rowlett sneaks in. But, I mean, you look at a team like Saxe, which is, you know, back on the upswing and whatnot with the new head coach, mm-hmm. you know, Zach Mikesell. And, I mean, yeah, that's a district that just because you had this glass ceiling for so long with South Garland and just Tyrese Maxey and Chris Harris and just death taxes in that program <laughs> just running that running roughshod over that district a team like Wiley could be positioned to take a big step forward. So, I don't know, that's a district that I think could also have a very, very different look to it next season. Um, I mean, sticking with basketball, I mean, real quick, 9-5-8 a girls basketball. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, Liberty shoot. just went to state. You know, pretty much their entire starting lineup was all seniors. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could list them all, but I, I don't think we have enough time. I I know Ross Reedy does a tremendous job with this, you know, with that with that program. Mm-hmm. You know, they after losing Jordan all, or uh, Jordan Hamilton and Rebecca Lesquet a couple years ago when they made a run at state, and then reloading the way they have. You know, he's a phenomenal coach. He knows what he's doing. And then you look at Lone Star. They lose the district MVP in Adriana Quezada. They lose uh, Leah Harris, uh, Kayla Richardson, and all, all these studs. And they lost obviously Mallory Adams a couple years ago. But they had a, a nice chunk. Uh, an MVP caliber player and a, a good cast of role players um, to take over. Yeah, you have Mia Dex, little sister. Uh, you know, she was a freshman you know, last year. She's going to be a key player next year as a sophomore. But, you know, they also have a new head coach, yep. Katie Stinton. She left. It, you know, it's like, is Lone Star going to – are they still going to be Lone Star? Are they still? I mean, they're still going to be good. Oh, yeah. But are, are they still going to be 17-1, and one, ranked top five in the state good? Is Liberty – going to be great are they going to be you know state title contender like they have been they're still be good jazzy owens barnett is a player to watch for sure oh yeah but you have other players like you know other teams like memorial made the playoffs last year almost beat wiley east in the first round 
they have some stuff. Jasmine Lott is a baller. She's a freshman as well. Uh, she's been in a lot of these, you know, these camps. And I know, I, th I believe her and uh, Jazzy owns Barnett. I don't know if they know. I, I think I've seen some stuff with them together on Twitter or not. Mm -hmm. But Memorial is going to be really good. Centennial returns a lot of talent. You know, you could see a, a combination of, you know, Centennial Memorial up at the top. Maybe yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't expect it to be Lone Star Liberty and then everyone else like it has been the last three years. Yeah, that's why it has been a long time since those two have just lorded over that district. Mm -hmm. Okay, I guess were there any others, or is that uh, kind of where... Uh, I think those are the big ones, yeah, at least. I mean, there's here. plenty, but I think those are the big ones for awesome. sure. I can talk basketball all day, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, that'll, uh, that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. We'll be back on Monday. I guess we'll, uh, we'll probably have two more questions to, uh, to, uh, to discuss and whatnot as we continue our uh, just the build to the upcoming school year, folks. So, um, hey, y'all enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to y'all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.